What's good, everybody? What's good? What's good? What's good? Hope everybody's doing well on this Wednesday. Let me get everything set up for this YouTube live real quick. What's good, Instagram? What's good? What's good? What's good, YouTube? Today's a perfect opportunity to boss up. Today's a perfect opportunity to change your life. What's good, YouTube? Today is a perfect opportunity to learn how to trade for yourself. What's good, Noop? I got Noop over here on IG Live. So again, this is another week of the Trade for Yourself podcast. Let me introduce myself again. My name is Devon Elder, 28-year-old civil engineer. Started the Trade for Yourself podcast in January, just here teaching people, trying to help everybody learn how to trade for themselves. So when I go live on YouTube, this is meant to be a fluid conversation, right? This is meant to be a fluid conversation, and this is meant to be an opportunity for you to ask questions, right? I have some things that I want to talk about here, but I want interaction. I want feedback. Reach out to me in the chat. Let me know if you're here. You know, please like the video. Please subscribe. It really, truly helps the algorithm. So please like, please subscribe. Make sure you hit that notification bell so you know every time I drop a piece of content, every time I go live on YouTube. Now, the title of this video is, Is Netflix Dead? And what will Tesla become? And so there are a lot of things that have happened in the market over the last two days. And so we need to go ahead and break them down and see what's going on. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with sharing my screen here. Okay, so... Let's go ahead and let's just get started off with a market review. So what has the market done today? So the S&P 500, we're at the level of 4,459.45, really flat on the day. To be honest, we're flat on the day, like we're really flat. The Dow Jones was up big though, 249 points. The NASDAQ was down big, 166 points. Now there's a reason why the NASDAQ was down. The NASDAQ was down because of Netflix. Netflix was down more than 35% today, lost about $50 billion in market cap in one day. Netflix is a big stock, okay, a big component of the QQQ, which, which is a NASDAQ component that trades the NASDAQ 100. So that's the reason why the NASDAQ was down today. Now, don't fret, okay? Don't, you know what I'm saying? Don't get bent out of shape, okay? Netflix coming down is not a measuring stick for the NASDAQ, okay? Netflix is a stock that we can really consider at this point a one-trick pony. 
And we'll get into that, but don't be worried about the fact that Netflix brought the NASDAQ down, all right? Shout out to Ebony on the check-in over here on IG Live. Okay, so the first thing we got to go over, we really got to go over Netflix, okay? Netflix closes down 35%, wiping more than $50 billion off of the market cap. I believe now Netflix at this point is a stock that is below a hundred. It's right at a hundred billion dollars in market cap. This company had a market cap of over two hundred billion dollars at one time. The fact that this stock has came down this bad is really, really has to give you cause to pause. Okay, so the first thing we really got to look at is is that Netflix loses subscribers. They lost 200,000 subscribers in the first quarter. Okay, why is this a big deal? Because this is the first time that Netflix has lost subscribers in more than 10 years. Okay, so this right here is a very, very teachable moment. Okay, why is subscriber growth for Netflix so important? The reason why it's so important is because every company has a metric that they trade on, okay? This metric is what investors look for to measure the growth potential and the growth outlook for the company. So in this situation, every time Netflix reports earnings, the main thing that investors are looking for is what is the subscriber growth, okay? What is the subscriber growth? Because that is the measure of growth that the company said was the best way to measure growth for the company. So, okay, so for example, Apple. Apple's measuring stick is the iPhone, which, which is good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand why investors need to see good numbers from the iPhone because Apple gets about 54% of their revenue from iPhone. I get it. Tesla trades on vehicle deliveries. Why? Because the market views them as a vehicle company, a car company. So they have to be able to push cars out there. That's pretty much what we're looking at. Okay, so when we're looking at this, there have been several headwinds that have happened that Netflix said. Netflix said that they that, that their growth is being affected due to increasing competition and the lifting of pandemic restrictions. So pretty much people not wanting to be in the house anymore people canceling their subscriptions. Another thing that's really hurting Netflix too is that Netflix estimates that 100 million households are sharing passwords and suggest that a crackdown is coming. Okay, now Netflix is really is really shifting gears here, okay? Before, Netflix wasn't having a problem with you sharing your passwords to other people. But if there are 100 million households that are using Netflix, and Netflix is unable and they don't have the ability to gain that market share and gain that revenue from that, that's a problem, okay? That's, that is really, truly a problem. And so now the company, in an effort to boost growth, they said that that is considering a lower price ad-supported tier, okay? So now they want to invoke ads into the growth model, something that the CEO, Reed Hastings, said that they weren't trying to do. So right now, when you look at this situation, you know, Reed Hastings, I believe he's a decent CEO. He's the founder of the company. But at the end of the day, we got to ask ourselves this question. And I always ask this question a lot 
whenever I go over my whenever I go over my stocks and everything. Are the best days ahead of Netflix or the best days behind Netflix? At the end of the day, at this point, I'm on the record saying that the best days are behind Netflix. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So if we go over to what Netflix reported in their earnings, okay, Netflix said that they are dealing with a lot of competition. So let me zoom this in real quick so everybody can see. This chart right here is the share of total US TV time. Okay. Share of total US TV time. So in May of 2021, total streaming was about 26%, right? 26%. And Netflix represented 6% of that share. YouTube had 6%. Hulu had 3%. Prime Video had 2%. Disney Plus had 1%. And all other streaming services at 8%. Okay. Now, fast forward about nine months to February 2022. Netflix, they increased their share of US TV time. Okay, so, so there is 6.4%. YouTube dropped down slightly to 5.7%. Hulu's at 3%. But Prime Video increased 2.3%. Increased Disney Plus increased to 1.7%. And other streaming services went to 9.5%. Okay, so even though Netflix is the leader, they've still got a lot of competition. Okay, and and Netflix really didn't do anything to mitigate that risk about the fact of having to deal with that competition. Another thing we got to look at from Netflix from the Netflix perspective is they say that they want to use cloud gaming, right, as a method to be able to grow revenue and really take them on that next leg up. I personally don't think that's going to happen because if they get into cloud gaming, they're already going to be late to that party. Like, let's break gaming down here for a second, okay? If, if we break gaming down, let's look at legacy gaming. You know, I'm a gamer, okay? I love playing my Xbox. If I look at legacy gaming, I'm considering the Xbox. I'm considering the PlayStation. I'm considering Nintendo, Nintendo right? So your Switch, your Wii, whatever you want to call it, right? That's legacy gaming. So people using systems, next generation systems with the PS5, Xbox Series X, you know, that's what I'm considering legacy gaming, okay? Then you've got your PC gaming. So if you've got your PC gaming, you're probably going to be using graphics cards from NVIDIA and AMD. So now you're competing on that front. Then you look at just cloud gaming, like you look at NVIDIA's platform. NVIDIA has a gaming platform. That's what NVIDIA is known for, Okay. Then on top of that, then you look at other gaming services. So you look at different platforms. So who already, what companies already have devices and already have the fabric and already have the frame of reference, okay, for gaming platforms? Apple has Apple Arcade. Amazon, they're going to be rolling out their gaming platforms. You know, most people have fire sticks at the end of the day. Prime video is increasing. So that's a situation that we got to look at too. So and then with cloud gaming itself, like with Microsoft trying to acquire Activision Blizzard, that's telling you where we're going with gaming. We're going straight to the cloud. That's, that's why GameStop is dead. Because whenever I download my games, I'm downloading them straight from the Microsoft store. I'm not going to GameStop. I've been to GameStop in years. 
And so when we look at these things, how is Netflix going to be able to position themselves to insert themselves in the gaming? I don't think that that's going to work. The third thing is Netflix said that they want, that they plan to pretty much imp improve their subscriber growth outside of the U.S. At the end of the day, the U.S. market is already tapped. The only thing that Netflix can do in the U.S. is try to gain some of that market share away from all of these 100 million households that you can't get, which you got to look at the psychology of that. Are they really going to be able to do that successfully? And if they can do it, how long is it going to take for them to do that? Second thing is, they really believe that they have a good growth driver in, in India. And I understand why that is. Because India, you got we got more than 1 billion people over there in India. If you're able to grow in that market, that can add to your revenue, help you improve your free cash flow, revenue, all sorts of things. But the problem is, you've got so many moving parts going on, you have to question management right here. You have to question what is management's vision and what is management's direction for the company. That's something I'm truly looking at. And, and that's pretty much the main reason why I have to say that the best days are now behind them. The best days are not ahead of them, okay? And if I look at the balance sheet, Netflix, they've got about, let me pull this up real quick. They've got about $8 billion in cash. Okay, that's not too bad, but they've got $14.5 billion in long-term debt. And the reason why they have that long-term debt is because it takes a lot of money to be able to produce these original series that they produce, okay? Like to be able to get the top actors and the top actresses you're going to have to shelve out the cash for all these productions. And so when I look at everything and when I look at streaming, just streaming as a whole, me as an investor, I don't even think I need an allocation for streaming at this point. I don't even need it. Okay. I don't need streaming as an allocation in my portfolio. If I wanted to get some exposure to streaming, I'd buy Amazon, right? I, I'd be cool with Amazon Prime Video. I'd buy Disney, but in my opinion, Disney Plus is not is not the biggest growth driver for Disney. It's all of their intellectual property, their theme parks, things like that. That's the growth driver. You know, like Apple has Apple TV Plus. I'm already an Apple shareholder. I'm getting I'm getting you know exposure to the streaming on that tip. So I don't really need Netflix in my portfolio. And so Netflix and Netflix has always traded high in terms of valuation, like, like they've always traded above what the market has traded for. They've always traded at a premium. You, you've always had to pay up for that. But the fact that you've lost 200,000 subscribers this year, this quarter, right, the, for the first time in 10 years, and then on top of that, you're telling me next quarter you're losing another two and a half million? I'm really not trying to be a part of that. Now, now when you look at it from the other side, you could say the fact that the stock lost 35% today, you could say that, okay, maybe the fact that they've lost two and a half million subscribers next quarter is already priced in. But at the same time, what is Netflix worth? Like, what are they worth? We don't even know what they're worth at this point. So we got to wait and we got to see what is going on with the company. All right. So I uh, talked about Netflix. Another, another company I wanted to look at, I really, really, really wanted to look at Tesla. Okay, so 
you know, Tesla reported $18.76 billion in revenue and record margins in Q1. Okay, so if we look at EPS, earnings per share, Tesla delivered $3.22 versus the $2.26 expected, okay, by the analysts. Revenue, they reported $18.76 billion versus the $17.8 billion that the analysts expected. So Tesla over-delivered over delivered okay we need to we need to be a part of companies that are over delivering not just meeting expectations but exceeding expectations if you look at the automotive gross margins they jumped to a record 32.9% with tesla reporting a profit of 5.54 billion in its main segment okay record 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 keyword Keywords, when we look at these earn reports, we want to see keywords like record. Okay. If we look at the vehicle deliveries, Tesla reported 310,000 vehicles in the first quarter. Okay. And also, even though with the headwinds that we've got in China with the COVID lockdowns, management still said that they remain confident that they can grow by at least 50% over 2021 numbers. That is great. Okay, the company continuing to reassure itself, the company continuing to reaffirm that they can have that level of growth. Okay, because Tesla is opening up some more factories to be able to ramp up that production. And so that production should be seen in the second half of the year. And I believe that is what management is banking on to be able to deliver the numbers that they want to deliver. So I really, truly liked the quarter. I really, truly liked the quarter. But the one thing, there were a couple of things when I listened to the earnings call. And on the earnings call, the one thing that I noticed that was very, very interesting was the fact that, number one, I don't know if people have heard about it yet, but Elon Musk stated that if, if you don't know, Tesla is going to be rolling out a robot, okay? Tesla is going to be rolling out a robot. They, they're calling it Optimus, right? And Elon Musk said that the robot will be a bigger growth driver for Tesla than vehicles and full self-driving. I'm going to say that again. The robot that Tesla is designing and they're going to be rolling out, Elon Musk said that it will be a bigger growth driver than autonomous driving, full self-driving which is $12,000 a month as of right now, and the vehicles by themselves. Now, this is the one thing. I named the title of this live stream, Is Netflix Dead and What Will Tesla Become? At the end of the day, Tesla, at the end of the day, Tesla has a great CEO, okay? Tesla has Elon Musk as a CEO, okay? In my opinion, Elon Musk is the greatest CEO of this generation, excluding no one. Okay, he's the best CEO of this generation, excluding no one. He is brilliant. Okay, he is brilliant. He is smart. He is able to get people to do the thing that they need to do. Okay, so if Elon Musk, the CEO and the founder of Tesla, is telling me that they believe that the robot is going to be a bigger growth driver, I'm going to believe that and let the data validate. So pretty much, I'm going to take his word for it until I hear something else, okay? He is innocent. Elon Musk is innocent 
until proven guilty on this metric right here. So I really want to look through, okay, Tesla's balance sheet, okay, because Tesla's really got a solid, solid balance sheet, okay, and, and this is really what I like about the company, because people have given Tesla bad rap for their P ratio and high valuation matrix and all of that. I'm not concerned about that. I'm looking at the balance sheet, right? Because the balance sheet is telling us where the money is, okay? So we look at, okay, so let me look at the balance sheet, okay? If we look at the current assets, cash, cash, cash and cash equivalents, short-term marketable securities, Tesla's got more than $18 billion in cash, okay? More than $18 billion in cash. And in terms of long-term debt, they only have $3 billion in long-term debt. That is fascinating. That is great. The fact that the CFO said that excluding other items, it's, it's really a potential that the, that the company could really be debt-free by the end of the year. So you've got $18 billion in cash. On top of that, you've got low debt, and you're telling me that you're still expected to grow at 50% year over year? Like, when I look at this, I really, truly like this. Also, we've got some graphs here. We always like to see companies that are growing year over year. If we look at, let's start at vehicle deliveries here. If we look at vehicle deliveries on the left, in Q2 of 2019, you're looking at 0.1 millions of units, okay? They have tripled that in this quarter. Now they're delivering 0.3 millions of units, okay? We're looking at operating cash flow. Operating cash flow is increasing. They're at 4 billion operating cash flow. Free cash flow, they're at 2 billion. The free cash flow, when, when, you've, got two, when you've got more than $2 billion of free cash flow, that gives you the ability to invest more money into the business, okay? Adjusted EBITDA, growing. Was that less than $1 billion in Q2 of 2019? Now we're at $5 billion. Net income was negative two years, was negative almost three years ago. Now we're looking at net income above $3 billion. Like, we need to see the growth. That's what we need to see, growth, okay? And that's what I love. That's what I like to see. I appreciate everybody for checking into the chat. Please make sure you like. Please make sure you subscribe. If you've got any questions, please reach out to me in the chat. I, I would appreciate the engagement, the likes, and the subscriptions. It really helps the algorithm so we can push this out to different people. Okay, so I'm gonna stop sharing for a second. And so when we look at these companies, the stories of these companies are completely different. One company, we're looking at them and we're saying, hey, Tesla's really got a lot of growth and we need to put some money behind this company. On the other hand, we need to just back off a little bit on Netflix and just wait a little while. But I do have a couple of questions that I received that I wanna answer tonight. So. First question is, since I'm taking a break from options, are there any stocks that are catching your eye? Okay, so I don't really have any new stocks that I haven't really talked about before on here, but I have to reiterate some things. 
Okay, we need to we need really need to reiterate some things about some stocks. So I'm gonna give you three tech stocks, and I'm gonna give you three stocks that are not tech, but I believe that they can pretty much perform well in this environment. Okay, three stocks I want to tell you about. First, I want to tell you about Amazon, Google, and AMD. Okay, first let's start with AMD. AMD is trading around ninety four dollars a share. Okay, at the end of the day. AMD is a $100 stock. Please check my AMD stock analysis video and go see how I broke that company down. AMD is positioned for great growth. That's a $100 stock. Okay, at least a $100 stock. They are undervalued at this point. That's a company where you need to really truly be building a base and building the foundation. Google. Google is a stock that is, that is undervalued in terms of multiple and I believe that Google is one of the is one of the big tech stocks that can really be insulated from inflation due to the ad revenue spend and the ad revenue businesses and their growth driver in the cloud. I think Google is very, very well positioned to be able to be successful. And Amazon, okay, Amazon is a stock. It really comes down to Amazon Web Services, and it comes down to the growth in e-commerce, warehouse deliveries, okay? The logistics model, logistics business mixed with the web services business, okay? Those are three companies. And Google and Amazon, they're coming on stock splits. On top of that, we can argue that they're undervalued even before the stock split. So when the stock splits comes, it'll give you that psychological, give you that psychological edge and give you that psychological reason to go ahead and say, you know what? I'm finna go ahead and put some money. So those are three, those, those are the three tech stocks I would give you. Um, the another three I would give you, I will look at waste management, I will look at Procter and Gamble, and I will look at Caterpillar. So waste management is a company that picks up so much of our trash, right? And they're positioned well to continue to continue to grow. They've got a good dividend. They've got good management. And at the end of the day, America wastes a lot of things. And so with that being said, it's a business that can be insulated from a lot, it can be insulated from a lot of things. Inflation might not affect it as much. We gotta, we gotta be honest here. Inflation is here, and I would argue is here to stay. And we've got to have companies so we can navigate this inflation market and the Federal Reserve hike, hike, pretty much hiking up these interest rates. Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble performed very well today. You have to understand the brand recognition that Procter & Gamble has. It's a situation where people are always going to shop with Procter & Gamble. Look at the brands that they own. They own Tide. They own Bounty. They own Gain. They own... Crest toothpaste, okay? They own Gillette deodorant. Like they have so many brands that they own to where you look at it and you say, people are going like, you go to Procter and Gamble for things that, that you need to consume to be able to have the toiletries and the household items. Procter and Gamble is always going to be able to strive and succeed in that realm. So people are going to continue to shop with their brands, they're not going to stop shopping with Procter & Gamble, okay, so you might as well position yourselves to have a little bit, to have a little bit of safety in your portfolio from a share perspective, 
and Caterpillar. Now, why do I like Caterpillar? The United States government just passed over a $1 trillion infrastructure bill, okay? There's a lot of pent-up demand, and there are a lot of projects on the books that have yet to be released yet. And so when you look at Caterpillar, Caterpillar makes machines. And so those machines that Caterpillar makes are going to be used to perform the work and actually build the infrastructure that is going to be pretty much passed through, pretty much going to be passed through through the next few years. Now, is it going to take a while for the infrastructure money to actually hit the state governments? Yes, it's going to take a while. Things are going to have to pass down and pass through. But what I will tell you is that keep those in mind. Those are some companies that may be able to be insulated from the inflation. Okay, so that's really all I have for today. Um, do not be discouraged about the market. Okay, well, we know that a lot of things are happening. A lot of things are going down, but we have to navigate some things. I believe that Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell will be speaking tomorrow. Okay, so just pay attention to when Powell speaks because the market is going to be affected by it. Okay, also make sure that you understand that we're, we're really ramping up in the earnings season. And next week, we got some more big companies. We got Apple, we got Amazon, we got a whole bunch more companies. So keep that in mind for next week. Also, one last thing. I had a second question, I almost forgot. Is it bad to option trade in single stocks? Also, is it less risky if you pair it with ETFs? So it's not bad to trade singular stocks in terms of options. What I've learned over these last two years, I trade leaps mostly. That's what I mostly trade, but I'm really getting into doing a little bit of day trading and a little bit of swing trading because I want to diversify myself in this market. And I want to pretty much improve my skill set and always continue to be able to print money, right? What I, but what I understood was, was that a lot of times you can be down big on leap contracts and they can recover, but it doesn't feel bad. Even though you're trading leaps, you still have to be good from a technical analysis standpoint, and you still have to be precise on your entries. You know, I, I always have to give a shout out to Ian Dunlap, the master investor, because he said there's no such thing as a bad market only bad entries into it. There's no such thing. You can make money on the upside and money on the downside trading options. It's all about your entry. It's about the companies that you're trading. And so maybe if you're trading a singular stock, instead of doing a one year, maybe you want to break it down and go a little bit deeper and go into that two year. That's what I'm thinking about doing for my singular stocks once we get later on into the year and once I start repositioning my portfolio. The second part of the question was, is it less risky if you pair with ETFs? The one thing I like about ETFs, specifically XLK, the technology ETF, is that ETFs know how to take a beating. What do I mean by taking a beating? That means you will have minimum drawdown. So you can be an XLK and XLK may be down, let's say 40%, but Apple and Microsoft, which are the largest position in XLK, they could be down 50 to 
NVIDIA, another big position XLK could be down 75% or things like that. So with the ETFs, the ETFs give you more safety and they can handle a beating. And so that premium won't get drained down. Okay, so when you get to less than six months, five months, four months on your leaps option trades, when we have big drawdowns, like 1% drawdowns in the market, 2% drawdowns in the market, theta, that time decay can really truly eat us up. It can really hit us up on the bad time frame. But if you have ETFs and you're trading them to the long term, that can give you the ability to have more safety and more peace of mind. What I'm looking at is right now, there's a writing on the wall for a recession. Like I said, I'm not trying to throw this out here. Just throwing this out all willy-nilly recession, 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 because I'm not trying to be too negative, nor am I trying to be too positive. But as I trade my leap options throughout the rest of the year and going into next year, for the next 12, 18, 24 months, I'm being very, very patient. And I am going long, long term. So we're looking at two year, two and a half, three year if I can get it. Because I understand that I also have to improve my skills in terms of technical analysis. Your technical analysis matters. Even if you're on a five minute time frame or if you're on a weekly time frame, if you're somewhere in a four hour or a day, you got to be good on that technical analysis, even if you're trading leaps, okay? Even if you're buying stocks themselves, even if you're just buying shares, you still don't want to buy, even though if the stock is undervalued, let's say let's say a stock was $110, right? It was trading at $110 and you believe that the stock is worth $150, if the stock is still floating in no man's land, you still want to wait until it comes to a level of support, a level to where people, to where investors want to invest into it, to where it's more attractive at that level. So that's what I would say about those two questions right there. Look, I thank y'all for tapping in with the live stream. I don't see, I don't see any more questions. Please make sure you like the video, subscribe, make sure that you hit that notification bell so you can be in the know every time I drop an episode. Let me know if you like my analysis. Let me know how you feel about Netflix, Tesla, everything that's going on in the market because I want to create that dialogue so I can really truly give you guys the information that you need so you can be successful. At the end of the day, remember this, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm gonna catch y'all on the next one.